Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Podcast The Big Bark with your host Dara Burke and canine co hosts Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Well, that's a much better intro than we had last year. So, welcome back, everyone. Season two of The Big Bark. Uh, my name is Dara Burke, and this is the show that is barking mad about your dog, where we discuss the hottest topics from the canine world meet with canine professionals, and chat to dog owners about the bonds that make a dog man's best friend. Join me as always are my canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie, and they are floating around there somewhere. They had a nice long walkies this morning before the rain came, so they'll be tired after that. You may be wondering what's up with the hat, but I unfortunately lost a poll on uh, Instagram where the options were to wear it and make myself look as pure, decent, culture as possible. Or to douse it in petrol and burn it. I was really hoping for the later option, so I'm hoping Bruno might help me out. Now, today we are joined virtually by Samantha Rawson, who will be our awesome uh, co-host today, as we chat about all things related to puppy behaviour and puppy training. Later on, we'll be catching up with a dog owner who is actually the winner of our Halloween fancy dress competition. She'll tell us a bit of her own story about what her dog gets up to. Samantha will be offering her own advice. And we have a Q&A session uh, where we took part in during the week. We put up a Slido link and got people sending their questions for Samantha. And we'll be doing that a bit later on. We have a few big announcements coming later on. And we have a couple of product reviews as well. So first of all, let me welcome Samantha Rawson. Samantha, welcome to the show. Samantha? And okay, already, ah, there we go. We have Samantha. Good stuff. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> already, Hi, how are you? Talk. Sorry, I'm, I'm slightly. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Delighted. Well, delighted to have you on. And okay, let's start off. And Samantha, tell us a bit, give us a bit of background about what you do and what your okay. role as a canine behavior and training consultant involves. Okay. Um, I have been doing this for 27 years. Um, I set up my business originally in 1993. Um, I'm originally from Dublin and I set up a dog walking and pet care service company. 
So I used to walk dogs. I used to call into dogs and cats and bunny rabbits and any animals at home. So I used to, to do house visits. I also used to do house sitting and then dog training and behavior as well. So as the dog training and behavior took off, um, I kind of stopped doing the dog walking and the home visits and all the rest of it. So when I started, I had about five or six services that I offered. And now I only offer two services, dog training and behavior and some dog boarding, some selective dog boarding um, for dogs that I like. Um, so, so yeah, mostly now it's, it's dog training and behavior. Okay, um, brilliant. And I, 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 I suppose I'll, 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 I'll tell you a bit about the, the background. So I started studying with um, John, John Rogerson. And I met John Rogerson through Mary Owens of Furcroft Kennels in Kildare. And John Rogerson is a well-known English dog trainer and behaviourist. He's probably retired now. I'm not too sure. Um, but then through him, I did loads of other courses. And then I studied with the University of Southampton. So I have a, a university qualification in applied animal behaviour. And then this year, I was accepted as a provisional member of the APBC, which is the British organisation, which is the Association of Pet Behaviour Counselors in the UK. And uh, last week, actually, I just got notification that I've been accepted as a provisional member of the Samantha, I think we lost you. Samantha? Okay, I think Samantha's having a couple of audio or video problems there. Um, let's see, can we get her back on there? Just a sec while I try that. There's always hiccups in these shows, but sure, look, that's the joy of Internet in Ireland. Uh, let's see, can we get Samantha back on there? I'm going to just hit her up quickly, very email there. And... And okay, let's see. Yeah, okay. So we lost Samantha. Hopefully, we'll get her back really quickly. Uh, while we're waiting for her, I'm just gonna kind of quickly dive in and tell you kind of what's coming up today. Uh, okay, I know I went through this a small bit, but we have our announcement regarding our Christmas shows coming up a bit later on the show. Uh, we will be announcing our winner of our Halloween fancy dress competition. You're gonna love this, it's a brilliant, brilliant. Um, Outfit and fair play to the both the dog and the human in this case here. Uh, I'm just hoping I'll get Samantha back shortly. But in the meantime, wow, I thank God I have a backup plan this time. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background of what's going to happen later in November. And I'll go into this a lot more detail later on. We have a business showcase that we're running on the last weekend of November and that will be on Sunday the 29th of November so what that will involve will be a series of different Irish owned uh, dog related or pet related rather businesses that will be displaying their products on the show telling people what's going on uh, about their products what their how they came about the idea and we'll just be giving people a real Irish feel 
to what Irish-owned businesses can do in the run-up to Christmas. So it's something I'm really looking forward to. We're going to have a bit of live music actually on that show as well. Uh, I'm just trying to get Samantha back to see how... Okay, so yeah. Sure, look. Uh, hold on, I think we have Samantha back. And hold on, Samantha, I have you. We're back. Oh, lovely. Look, these hiccups these <laughs> always happen. I think every show I had last year, there was some technical hiccup. But oh, should, God. That, that, that's broadband and stuff in Ireland for you, like so. Yeah, yeah, it's a windy day. <laughs> it is, yeah. And a bit kind of a bit of wind. Sure, look, these things happen. Yeah. But like, look, it, it can't be helped. And sure, we get on with the show anyway. Yeah. I was just pulling people in a small bit about what's happening later on in November. But I'll come back to that a bit later on in the show anyway. So, okay. okay. Uh, let's dive into it. And so you're 27 years doing this. Uh, mm. h- how much training would you do with the younger dogs, like puppies? Um, I suppose, I well, technically I would train my own dogs nearly every day in that I expect manners from my own dogs. Even, even with a very young puppy, they don't get anything unless they sit. So, you know, if I've trained them to a crate and I'm opening the crate to let them out for a pee, they have to sit before I'll actually open the door. Um, and then when I'm letting them out the hall door, they have to sit at the hall door before I'll open the hall door. Um, and the same thing coming back in. So if I'm bringing them back in from outside, they'd have to sit at the door before I open the door to let them in. So I'm kind of instilling manners from a very, very early age. And then I just build on that as the puppy grows and they can cope with more and their brain gets bigger. And they can understand more. But obviously, little little puppies, you know, up to about three months, you can only teach them so much because their brains are only developing. But but any little puppy from eight weeks onwards can learn what a sit is. And sit in my book is the equivalent of please. So you don't get anything unless you say please. Very good. Yeah, um, that's true. And I suppose, like, it, like when Millie came to us, Millie was, I think, either four or five when she first came to us. And... Millie wouldn't give the paw, wouldn't sit, nothing. Yeah. But eventually, like, she kind of got used to the idea. She's sitting over here on the ground now, currently being a rogue. Let's see, can I get a uh, kind of visual on her there? Oh, there's a chilled out dog. Yeah, very chilled out. Hey, Millie. <laughs> and sure, look, Millie is the, she thinks she's the queen of the house anyway, so. Yeah. I, I, I let that argument up between Millie and uh and my girlfriend, so like, look, they they uh, you're happy to read them. Who's the boss? But right. she is like much better now, I'd say. And like, it might take her maybe five or six attempts to give the paw if we're if we're asking mm. for the paw for a treat. And but she still does that eventually. Um, yeah. So I do think myself to train in a very young age, kind of, it, it, it's very important. Mm. Well, I suppose it's it's much easier because if you think about kind of training children or educating children, you know, the younger you start, the easier it is for them because it's about getting into routine and training your brain as well. I mean, I think yeah. it's very unfair to let a dog grow up without any manners and then suddenly decide at a year old or nine months or whatever you decide to suddenly put manners on this dog, you know, because I think it's very unfair on the dog. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, imagine if suddenly a 10-year-old child was told to go to school when they'd been running around the house in the garden for 10 years, you know, that, that would be a very, very hard thing to do. So it, it's you're being kind when you start early and you're making it much, much easier on yourself and on the dog. It's not just for the dog, it's for you as well. 
Absolutely. And okay, so just talking about dog training in general, uh, they're really in the last, I suppose, 15, 20 years seems to be a complete push away from the punishment style of dog training yeah. Uh, yeah. globally. And there is a huge emphasis now on positive reinforcement. Yeah. Um, it's great that we've gone away from the cruel side and the and the choke chains and and basically, you know, if you didn't do what you were told, you got a wallop or you got some kind of, you know, physical aversion or physical shock of some sort, um, whether it be a slap or a jerk on the lead or whatever. Um, now it's all positive reinforcement and very much reward based. However, the general public seem to perceive that the word reward means food and it doesn't. A reward is anything the dog wants. So that could be food. It could be your praise. It could be your company. It could be the crisp bag on the ground. It could be the ability to cock their leg on the next tree. So a reward is anything the dog wants. And it's about kind of knowing what your dog wants and manipulating those things so that the dog gives you a behavior and then gets a reward by being allowed to do what they want. So so when I'm training dogs, I kind of often ask owners, does the dog have to give anything in order to get anything? And by that, what I mean is that it should be a reciprocal relationship because otherwise you're just the servant for the dog. You're working and paying all the bills. And, you know, the dog says, I want, I want, I want. I would like to think that it's a reciprocal relationship that I meet the dog's needs and the dog meets my needs, but, but that it kind of asks instead of demands. So, you know, as I say, sit as please, a down might be pretty, pretty, please. Barking, I would consider demanding. Being quiet and looking at me with those gorgeous eyes, that'll work. Do you know what I mean? So I don't mind the dog manipulating me, but in a mannerly, quiet way instead of a boisterous, demanding, loud way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got my own two here. Like you mentioned the crisp packet. It's it's very strange. It's become something like that Bruno like, just loves to pick up and just walk away with, take it to the room with him. Whereas, yeah. like before, it used to be my socks he take take it out. Right. Like he's yeah. he's really changed. Like and he just kind of he prefers a crisp packet now just to to take that away. Yeah, I mean the the thing about when dogs collect things, Dara, especially labbies or any of the gun dogs, when they collect things, they're selectively bred to collect things. And one of the most common issues that I come across is people who have pulled the item out of the dog's mouth. So say, you know, a dog picks up a sock and walks into the sitting room with it. You know, the family or the owner immediately jump up and grab the sock off the dog. Eventually, that dog is going to become very, very peed off with that situation. And when he finds something that he's not prepared to surrender, he will start growling. And that's usually because the owners have constantly pulled things off him. So what I try and say is to work with the dog. So if the dog comes down with a sock or a pair of knickers or whatever the hell it is, you go, look at you, aren't you great? This is a super baby boy. What you got there? Do you know what I mean? And you praise them because yeah. in the dog's head, they think they're wonderful anyway because that's what they were bred to do. So yeah. it goes for all the gun dog breeds, you know, the Labbies, the Spaniels, the Retrievers, the Flat Coat Retrievers, and even Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are gun dog breeds um, or anything with a, a gun dog cross in it. Um, so I always say to people, if your dog picks up something, regardless of what it is, you always, always praise it. And then if you need to get it safely away from the dog, you trade upwards. So you trade for a biscuit or a bit of cheese or some meat or whatever, you know, offering the dog a rubber dog toy that's been made in China for your beautiful, smelly sock is not going to work. 
you need something that's smellier than the smelly sock. So that's where your bit of cheese or your bit of meat might come in. So the surrender, if he's trading upwards, none of us will trade a fiver, you know, for two quid or trade a tenner for a tenner. If, yeah, I'll trade a tenner for 20, but like, so, you know, so you must always trade upwards and make it, you know, motivational for the dog to want to surrender the item. But you have to them for picking up the item in the first place. With the socks, the only problem is pennies is closed on and selling socks right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quite yeah, have to keep those at a high shelf at the moment. Yeah. But but you see, if 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 he collects them and brings them to you, that's you know, it's fine because he's entertaining himself. You're yeah. getting a bit of interaction, you know, and it's all good. The problem is if dogs pick up things and they won't give them back to you, usually with some labbies, they will swallow them. So in an effort to keep them from you, the dog will swallow them. And in that case, you have a very expensive trip to the vet. Yeah. And, and I suppose in the worst case scenario, your dog could die of something like that. Mm. That's Absolutely. why it's really, really important to praise them and get them to swap rather than make a big drama-rama out of it where they have to try and keep it. And tell me this, Samantha, like going back to the puppy side of things, what are some of the biggest behavioural issues that you see when uh, when puppies or young dogs, say, less than a year old, come to you? Um, that one that I've just talked about, possessiveness um, or resource guarding, as it's also known as. Um, I suppose house training is a big thing and, and generally kind of uh, the dog being, I suppose, let run loose and free around the place where everything is a drama. Um, and then the dog doesn't listen and the dog is doing what it's like, what it likes. Um, so I'm a big believer in structure and routine. Uh, one, one of the first things I often say to people when they come and see me is that they're overusing the dog's name. You know, say, say the dog's name is Henry. It's Henry, sit. Henry, go out. Henry, don't do that. Henry, give me that. So, you know, after a couple of months, that dog is going to completely... Amazon Business Honors Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Mmm, fiddleheads. Yum. Reimagine your life by becoming an RN at Duke Health, a recognized health system in North Carolina's area known as the Triangle, home to award-winning restaurants, beautiful scenic spaces, and an eclectic art and music scene. You'll have plenty to enjoy in the area and cities beyond. What's more, you'll have a career filled with purpose and opportunity, matched by benefits that best support your wellness, family, and future, offering sign-on bonuses and relocation. Apply today at dukenursing.org ignore the name Henry. So I try not to use my own dog's names and I encourage people to only use their dog's names in a positive manner. So if you have to correct the dog or interrupt the dog from doing something, you don't use their name. Okay, so, you know, again, people go, Henry, put that down. Henry, stop that. So, so whether the dog ignores it or whether they learn that Henry is, I'm in trouble. So if, you know, the, the least you say the dog's name, the better. And if you are going to use the dog's name, it should always be associated with positiveness and fun and interaction. Oh, very good. 
That was some really good tips there. And just a moment, I'm getting rid of hat because it's annoying the hell out of me. Look, it, it lasted 18 minutes, so that's more than I thought it would last. Uh, it's going towards the petrol later on, baby. But, nice. um, yeah, so like some very good tips there, Samantha. And like, I suppose, like, what is the, I suppose, what's your favorite experience, uh, like, from your role? What's your favorite thing about, about your job? Um, I suppose being trusted enough with owners that they that they kind of let me into their homes and into their lives um, and that they feel safe enough to share information with me in order to help me solve the problem. Um, like sometimes if I can't get to the root of the problem, I have to kind of, you know, it's almost like a counseling session and I have to sit with the owner and <clears throat> slowly tease out the issues mm. until eventually the owner will feel safe enough to tell me what's really going on. You know, and, and, you know, it's a huge privilege when you're when you eventually get to the root of a problem and it might have taken a few hours um, and yeah. then the owner kind of, you know, opens up to you and, you know, almost bears their soul to you in order to help the dog. I mean, that's, you know, and what, what I've learned over the years, Dara, is there is no such thing as a bad owner, because if they come to me or they're watching this now, they're obviously interested in their dogs. You know, so, yeah. so some, sometimes people say, oh, Samantha, you must think I'm a terrible owner. Sorry, the fact that you've picked up the phone to look for help, that means you're a fabulous owner, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think people are are afraid of being judged or the dog trainers and behaviorists know it all and, the, you know, that they know nothing. And that's not the case. I mean, you know, this profession is incredibly interesting because you learn something from every owner and every dog. Um, you know, the, the, the day you know everything, you might as well give up. Um so, you know, it's a huge privilege to do the job. Um, and as much as I love dogs, it's the owners that pay me. So it's the owners that have paid my bills over the years and paid my mortgage and, and, and allowed me a very privileged life to work with dogs. And like the fact that you've been going 27 years, you said, isn't it? Yeah, 27 years, yeah. Like you must have seen over the course of that time so many changes in like especially we talked about earlier about like how it's gone so much from negative rear or negative yeah. uh kind of punishment base out mm. to positive reinforcement and reward base yeah. like it, it must be really interesting to see how dog training has evolved yeah it, it is very interesting but i suppose the thing that worries me slightly dara is that dogs it's all dog training now is all reward 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 um, and one of the questions I'm asked is, what happens when I take the reward away? Mm. So, as I said earlier on, a reward is only something that the dog wants. So the reward could be your praise. It doesn't always have to be food. Um, and I suppose the thing that worries me now about dogs is that they're almost seen as the panacea to everything. You know, people want therapy dogs. You know, I don't mind, you know, genuine cases where maybe a child has autism or something. But But now there's a kind of a a trend towards, I need a dog for this. I need a dog because I'm anxious. I need a dog because I'm lonely. I need a dog. Do you know what I mean? And I often wonder about the dog's role in this, that years ago, dogs had quite a simple life and nothing was expected of them. Whereas now they're, they're, they're seen as the panacea to all our little emotional worries and, you know, that they've become a much bigger emotional cushion than they used to be. Um, so, so I wonder, you know, where that's all going to end up. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely one that's very interesting. All right, um, like completely get what you're saying. Like you you have literally t- and you have therapy dogs for yeah. for nearly everything now. For right? everything, yeah, yeah. And I suppose part of the problem there as well is like there's a lot of and you see this with a lot of the US airlines. They'll only accept the likes of therapy dogs that are actually certified. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the a lot of therapy dogs are. People are saying that's my therapy dog. Don't not actually yeah. a certified yeah. therapy dog. Yeah, I mean, years ago I had a case, and it was very, very interesting because it was a, a lady who ran a hospice, and she had this Labrador, and she invited me down to train this Labrador. And I said to her, "What is the role of this Labrador? What what do you want this Labrador to do?" And she said, "Well, I wanted to be the hospice dog." Now, this dog was very shy and nervous, and really didn't want to be petted by loads and loads of different people. So I said to her, I said, so you are the manager of this place. When you're hiring nurses, do you not have a set of criteria that you use in order to hire staff? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, it's exactly the same for the dog. You need to know what the criteria is, what role you want this dog to fulfill, and if, if it's the suitable candidate. And I had to end the session by telling her that, in my opinion, this dog was not a suitable candidate for the role that she had in mind. So not every dog is a working dog not every dog is a therapy dog you know it's like if i went out and got a basset hound and i wanted it to jump a six foot high jump it's not it's not possible no matter how good a trainer i am yeah absolutely you've you've got to think of the the dog as well yeah and i i know from my own experience i do see bruno is bruno and millie like bruno is crossed with a bloodhound labrador so bruno is a completely and only different dog to Millie. Yeah. Like Bruno, the yeah. nervousness is there. He, he's a lot more nervous around people he doesn't know than, mm. than Millie will be. Millie just walks over to anyone and would say hello. Okay. She's she has no concept of stranger danger whatsoever. Okay. But and what, what kind of dog is Millie? Millie is a golden lamb. She's the only one that saw there earlier. All right, yeah, yeah. So, so like she's she's the other guy, Bruno, role. if he if he's a basset hound, what did you say? A basset cross uh, a bl- bloodhound. Oh, bloodhound crossed with what? Yeah. A lab? Uh, cross or a black lab, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, because he would make a fabulous tracking dog. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. Anytime I take him out for a walk or anything, straight away, you can get the, you can see the bloodhound and the way the nose goes down. Yeah. And he's yeah. really, it's like he's really inhaling every single yeah. So, I mean, a, a great exercise for him would be if you went out and laid a little track and got him to follow it. And if he was doing that in a park and around people, he would learn to ignore the people because he's following the track. And in that way, they'd be in his periphery rather than in his kind of, you know, in front of him that he has to deal with. They would be more in the background and in the periphery of his awareness. Um, so so that's something that you might consider with him. Absolutely. That's a great idea. And tell me, well, we're kind of deviating away from what we were originally planning. <laughs> but... <laughs> You what one of the things you want to talk about was kind of building a relationship with, with with a new puppy. Yeah, yeah. I suppose when you get a new puppy, it's a new relationship and it's all very exciting. And I suppose from a dog trainer's point of view, you're trying to exploit that um newness in the relationship and the wanting it to work. Because if you wait till nine, ten months down the road, the novelty might have worn off or you know, the, the dog might have peed on your favorite carpet and you're not as enamored with it as you were when it f- first arrived. Um, so it's about setting up for success and 
again, as I said earlier, maybe giving the dog a routine and a designated area so that you manage the dog in your house and in your life so that you're not going to fall out with it. So you're not going to leave it loose to pee in your carpet or chew an electric cable or whatever. Um, so, so puppies sleep an awful lot anyway. So if they're, you know, used to a utility room or a crate or your designated area, wherever that might be, that every time they come out of there, you bring them into the garden for a little pee, but maybe you play with them for 10 or 15 minutes um, and you get a, a whole play relationship going and then you pop them back in their pen and they have a little sleep and you go back to work and get on with your life. And if every time you take that dog out, you do something positive with it and play with it, that's the start of a relationship. And then slowly you can kind of maybe withhold the ball or the toy until it sits and then and then throw the throw the toy. So, um, you know, you're, you're building positivity from day one instead of allowing it to run amok, wreck your house and then give out to it. That's not good relationship we just have a lovely uh comment in there samantha for you uh hello guys this is from marie donegan uh learning loads Hi, from, samantha, from tim laura and marie who are watching live on facebook do remember if you have right. any comments on the show uh be sure to drop me in on the facebook stream or uh, underneath in the comment section um i'll shout them out here or else on our youtube stream as well uh the link for that is on our instagram page so you can watch on both of those as well. So, yeah, uh, it's great to see the positive comments coming in. Right. And it's, it's, it's so great, Samantha, to have you on to get so many of these wonderful tips. Like, I, I wanted to have you on, actually, since you were on the last time, because yourself and uh, Dr. Sharon Alston, during the episode we were talking about, like, all the dog kidnapping. Yeah, and yeah, and the legislation, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, that was just a fantastic that. show, and it was actually one of our highest-rated shows of last season. Oh, so, great. So it was, it's great to have you back on and talk about all this and, like, to get your your wisdom. Even, like, what you've said to me there about about Bruno and, like, uh, laying, the, laying the track for him. Uh, yeah. Lydia, whose dog was featured, in Lydia, I hope we're going to say hello to Samantha as well. Uh, Lydia, hi, hi Lydia. Just giving you a shout out there. Uh, so Lydia's dog was featured in the intro earlier on. Um, all right, <laughs> so yeah, uh, a lot of people are really enjoying the show so far, so that's that's great to see. Good, and good. okay, so what we're going to do now is we'll move on next to the QA session if that's good with you. Yeah, fine with me. Yeah, far away. All right, let me just uh try and bring that up now. And I'm going to just try to share that screen. And let's see. I believe it's this one. So what we're using, and Lydia says hello to Samantha there too as well. So let's see. Let's see that shares now. Brilliant. Okay. So uh, here we go. Let's start off here. Uh, I'm going to try and make this a slight bit bigger. If we can, I'm gonna okay. put this into full screen mode there and take the two of us just out okay. of small bit. Uh, okay, so the first question here, Samantha, is a housebreaking question. Uh, the pop is good yeah. all day, goes party outside, but at night has accidents. Uh, it's brought out every two, three hours, even at night. The pop is seven months old. What's your what's your advice here? Um, so, so read that to me again, Dar. I can't see it from my end. So, so it's usually yeah. good day. But, yeah, so the pup is good all day, goes to the toilet outside, but has accidents at night. 
uh, is for a halt every few hours, even at night, and the pop is seven months old. Okay, um, that might be a little bit of insecurity from the puppy, um, because during the day people are around and and you know the house might be busy, whereas at night the pup might feel a little bit anxious because it's alone or if it's sleeping separately from the owner. So I think I would probably, um, if it's crate trained or if it's used to a crate, I would possibly have it crated upstairs in the bedroom um, where it's with you. But also during the day, I would possibly teach it to be on its own during the day that you're in another room or whatever. That sounds like as if the pup might be with the owner all day and separated at nighttime. Okay. Very good. Uh, because it's nine months old. Is it, is it nine months old, Dara? Is that what you said? Uh, seven months old, I mean. Well, I uh, seven months yeah. old. So yeah. it should be well on the way to being housed. I suppose the the question to ask is, how long can it be clean for during the day? Um, and if there's any pattern to the accidents at nighttime, I mean, if she's saying she brings it out every three hours at nighttime, so where does it have the accidents and at what time? So I would suggest she maybe keeps a journal um, so she can she can notice if there's a pattern to the behaviour. So where is it going to the toilet and what time is it going to the toilet? And obviously house training is directly related to feeding. So is it being overfed or is it free fed? Is it fed three or four times a day or is there a bowl of food there constantly? Um, I personally like to feed dogs three times a day or four times a day. I don't believe in free feeding. Um, so, so there's lots of possibilities for that. Um, but maybe she, if she wants to send me a private email later on, we, we might be able to go through that in a little bit more detail. Absolutely. All right, let's go on to the next question here. We have uh, Zoe. Zoe is actually a former guest of ours too. Her dog, her greyhound Robert, was the runner-up in the Nose of Chile this year. All uh, right, congratulations. So... Zoe has adopted a foster uh, dog, uh, taking a foster dog as well. The foster is a year old, so still a puppy, uh, has been seriously neglected and is very nervous of everything. So mm -hmm. Zoe wants to know, have you any advice on desensitization? Um, yeah, I suppose the thing with a year old dog, um, and if it's a, a greyhound, maybe it hasn't been used to being living indoors in a house. It might have been outside in a kennel environment. So um, a house might be a whole new experience for that dog. So I would get it used to one room at a time and one kind of exposure or experience at a time. Sometimes um, rescue dogs are suddenly brought into the house and brought out on walks and brought in the car and all of these kind of experiences that it's just not used to. So it might be being overwhelmed by a load of new experiences. Um, and, and, and foster carers are trying to do their best but in their in eagerness to do their best, they could be overdoing it. So I would maybe slow down with the experiences um, and sometimes give the dog a chance just to sit and watch the world go by rather than the world moving and the dog moving. It's really important with nervous dogs that they are stationary um, and the world moves around them. Um, but I, I would maybe take a step back and slow everything down. This dog is only a year old. Hopefully this dog will be with you for the next 15 years. So there's no rush. Just take your time. Brilliant. Okay, so let's bring up the next question here. And let's see what else. My nine-month-old pup is very nervous and barks at anyone who comes to the house. How do I get my puppy to stop barking at visitors and getting used to people? Okay, so when a dog is nervous and somebody comes into your house, 
that's like to the dog a burglar breaking in because they're sitting there in their own little space, happy as Larry, and in walks this stranger and probably comes straight over to them. Um, so they invade their space, they encroach their personal space, and then they insist on making friends. So if I was sitting in my dressing gown and a burglar walked into my house, I think I'd have exactly the same response. So, you know, you've got to see it from the puppy's point of view. And instead of expecting the puppy to like everybody, just leave it at a distance, maybe behind a baby gate or in a big dog crate or in a pen or something, but separated from your visitor so that the dog has the time and the space to sit and watch the visitor and make sure that visitor is no threat to them. So I wouldn't be encouraging hellos or handling or anything or treats or anything like that. I would give the dog distance, time and respect, really, is what it boils down to, to to let the dog make up its own mind about how it feels about the visitor and not force friendships. I always say you cannot make friends with a dog. A dog will make friends with you. Very good. And uh, okay, so let's have a look at the next one here. So over the past few months, I've been trying to train my Rottweiler pup on leash. She reacts to every dog and pulls the arms off me to reach other dogs. How do I stop this? So I think the dog has been very... Amazon Business Honors, Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Mmm, fiddleheads. Yum. Okay, guys, we got to put our trays up for takeoff. Where's Dad? Oh, he's in the back. We could only get three seats together. Daddy has my pillow. We'll get it later. Can you not put your feet up, please? Why aren't we going? We must be in line for takeoff. Like security? Well, that was a different line. I have to go. We just sat down. But I have to go. The seatbelt sign's on. Why aren't we moving? Hey, no picking. We're just 15th in line for takeoff. Son of a... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. From one gathering, that dog has been very reactive, very poorly on the leash. Okay. Um, that would make me question does the dog have access to other dogs um, when it's not on lead? Because is it fearful of other dogs or is it overexcited or overstimulated by other dogs? So I would really need to know what's happening when the dog isn't on the lead. Um, and if it's a new pup, I would tend to put the lead on in the house, carry the dog down the road and walk it back to the house. So a bit like, as I said earlier on, about your guy and the and the tracking, that you make the thing it's frightened of in its periphery rather than in its forefront. So that, that the dog is not having to face the thing they're very frightened of, that they're in the background. But it depends on how old that dog is, because if he's pulling towards dogs, that would tend to suggest that he's had lots of play off lead with other dogs. So that's what I would need to know there. Okay. And again, maybe be stationary, maybe have the dog sitting still that you're sitting on a bench with the dog on the lead and other things are moving rather than the dog and the other dogs moving and everything is high, high excitement. Try and again, you know, keep it, keep it calm and still, but I would be interested to know um, how old that dog is and the, the background information. Very good. 
Okay, and let's bring up the next one here. My six-month-old puppy chews on everything, including my hands. Well, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, I don't know how the hands are left, but mm-hmm. I know he doesn't mean it. But he just because he sits there and looks uh, innocent. How do I stop him from biting? Okay, your hands taste of what you've eaten. Um, I was with somebody last week, and they actually had put their hand out. You know, I was actually doing a Zoom consult with somebody, and while I was talking to them, their hands were like this, and the puppy was chewing. And while I was talking to them, doing a Zoom consult, I said, put your hands in a fist. So now those little chewy sausages are gone. Okay? So really important that your fingers are not out when you're playing with a puppy. Okay? Because all of those little fingers taste of what you've eaten and are very tasty and very attractive. So when you're playing with a puppy, keep your hands in a fist and present it with a chewy toy. So I don't have a chewy toy here, but let's say this is your chewy toy. So this is appropriate. This is not appropriate. And if it then goes to go for this, even though I've presented this, I would give it three chances. And if it's not working, I put the dog away again because I don't want to give out to the dog and I don't want to get into a, you know, uh, a battle of wills. So I will always offer it something appropriate to chew and to to lick and mess with. Um, But if it's not working after three attempts, it's not going to learn after four or five. So I would just put the dog away for a few minutes or, you know, 10 or 15 minutes and then try again later but really is about not making your hands attractive because your hands taste of what you've eaten. Okay. So Lydia just uh, popped in a question there asking, do dogs stop chewing with age? So as they get older, or does it again come down to behavior? So like, does it come down to training or will the dog stop chewing with age? They, they, they do grow out of it, but all, all at different stages, depending on the breed, they will grow out of it quicker than others with some breeds. But okay. They, if they learn that it's an acceptable behavior, the danger is it might be acceptable to you, but will it be acceptable to somebody else? So you've always got to be mindful that whatever behavior you encourage, that it's not going to get you or your dog into trouble. So, it, you know, it's about manners. Socialization is really about behaving normally in social situations. So it, it, it's the dog that what you accept, you know, what behavior is acceptable in normal social situations. And you've got to remember that if you want your dog to be a mannerly dog, you've got to consider other people. Okay. That's really good advice. Thanks for that, Samantha. Uh, okay, and Lydia just said it, her dog is a Cairn Terrier across a Border Collie. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, so you've got the excitement level of the Border Collie and the activity level of the Border Collie who always wants to do stuff. And then you've got the Terrier who... You know, they're designed to dig. And again, they're very, very active dogs. But terriers are designed to kill things by shaking them. You know, so they would find a rabbit or whatever and they'd shake it to to kill it. Um, And then they like to, if you ever give a terrier, you know, a cardboard box or a bit of rolled up newspaper, they will love to kind of get it under their paws and kind of just take it with their teeth and tear it apart. So you can imagine if that was a rabbit, exactly what they would be doing. So, so, so the, the teething bit and the biting hands would be very terrierish in how they would kill something. And then cross with the border collie. Border collies don't know when to stop. So you really got to train border collies to rest and, and relax. So it's important to train border collies or any kind of collie mix to relax either in a crate or behind a baby gate that you're not available for action 24 hours a day. 
Um, so, so it's an interesting mix that she has there, a little terrier and a collie. So you can imagine the instinct of those two brains going on in that little dog. Absolutely. I've, I've actually, I've met, uh, I met Lydia's dog before and definitely has a lot of energy on it, that's for sure. Right. So, so, so I would suggest lots of little different toys. And again, rotate the toys. Highly intelligent dogs get bored very, very quickly. So if you've given her two or three toys, maybe leave them with her for three days. But, but you know, you've got to take them away and give her another three toys. So they're highly intelligent dogs and they get bored easily. Um, so so it's really about keeping them entertained, but also teaching them when when it's over, I suppose, and when you need to relax and just chill out for a while. Okay, so we have a few more questions to go. Uh, we'll take a few more here. Uh, what is the most uh, common mistake that people make when trying to train their puppy? Uh, using their name in correction. Um, you know, so they, they say the dog's name when they're trying to correct the dog. Um, and I would say, with all due respect, giving the dog too much freedom, you know, too much freedom to run around the house and, and get the dog into trouble. I mean, dogs will do what dogs do. So dogs will pee on the carpet. They will chew electric cables. They will jump on countertops. You know, they will roll in fox poo. So it's really about whether we allow them to do it. So and that's why designated areas and restricting access to areas around your house is really, really important. Um, you know, if you had a small child and they were being very creative and drawing on your wall, you wouldn't go, stop that. You know, it's a child. It's being creative. You'd say, sweetheart, here's some paper and crayons. Draw on this. So you give them an alternative. So it's not about saying, no, you can't do that. It's about saying, I appreciate you need to do it because you're a dog, but I'd rather you did it this way um, and giving them a, an appropriate outlet rather than giving them free access and then giving out to them for being a dog. Okay. That's very good. And uh, let's see, we have three more here. Uh, okay, so the next one. And this is actually a question like this. I, I've heard of some studies that you tend to think that some dogs are smarter than others. So I yeah. assume by this, uh, so they mean are some breeds smarter and easier to train than others. Studies suggest collies tend to be smarter than other breeds. Is this true? Yeah, it is true because some dogs are designed to work. If you think about collies, they're bred to, to collect and herd sheep, right? So they usually, the history of a collie was that it, it lived in a mountain, up a mountain, usually in a rural area with the shepherd. So it had a very close bond with the shepherd. But also, you know, it didn't have to deal with loads of other people. And it had a job to do and it had, had work to do. So it got an outlet for its brain. It had a close relationship with the shepherd and really didn't need to deal with anybody else. So any dog that still has a working heritage, so your Collies, your German Shepherds, your Belgian Shepherds, your Labradors, your Spaniels, all of those breeds that are still used for work are highly, highly intelligent and want to work and want to please man. Um, you know, if you think about the sight hounds like the Afghan hound or, you know, um, a Borzoi or something like that, they're not bred to have a relationship with man. They're bred to chase and hunt and catch the prey and man will hopefully catch up with them and take it off them for their dinner. But they're, but they're not trained to retrieve. They're not trained to, to chase that rabbit and bring it back to the man. They're, they're just trained to chase it and to see things a great distance. So the name of the dog will usually give you an indication of its trainability or what its original job was. You know, terriers, terrier means ground. So terriers were bred to dig. 
you know, that the hounds were, were bred to hunt. You know, the collie, collie just means little dog. You know, shepherd, German shepherd, the clue is in the name, shepherd. Do you know what I mean? So so mo- most of the working dogs are easy to train, but but a lo- an awful lot of the mixes are, are great dogs. So my dog is a collie cross. I have a German shepherd cross. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes the pure breeds can be a little bit um, single-minded, dare I say. Okay, and I think we have one. Yeah, we have one last one here now. Uh, so, is punishment ever appropriate, Samantha, in your eyes when training? No, um, punishment means after the act. So, you know, you're caught for committing a crime. You're punished after it's happened. Um, with dogs, they don't have that sense of time that they know what they're being punished for, unless you catch them in the act um, and you interrupt it immediately. Um, you know, that's fine. But punishment always suggests that it's after the act. So punishment has no place in training because the dog doesn't understand it. And really what you're doing is destroying that dog's trust in you. If you punish a dog, either physically, mentally or emotionally, you're destroying that dog's trust. And good dog training and and my relationship with my dogs and, and hopefully what I'm trying to teach owners of dogs is that it's a relationship based on trust. Um, and, you know, if the dog doesn't trust you, you're you're at nothing. You might as well forget it. OK, we'll take one more here, Samantha, uh, just because Ursula O'Neill, has, who's watching live on Facebook. Thanks for your question here, Ursula. What's the best tips for first time dog owners? Our dog arrives on Friday, excited but nervous. Um, expect to be tired. <laughs> um, dogs, puppies are like baby, baby animals. So they're baby dogs. So they take an awful lot of caring and nurturing and it is a full-time job. I've had three puppies in the last three years. It is a full-time job. So expect to be tired, but, but choose your designated area now. And if the breeder has had the dog in a crate or got used to a crate, the sooner you introduce a crate or a baby gate or a, a designated separated area where the dog is barricaded um, from you, that's that makes life a hell of a lot easier, both from you know, management where dogs chewing and peeing, but also really, really essential for the whole house training process. But um, patience and and more patience and more patience and expect to be tired for the next couple of months. But happy tired, tired, good tired. That's great, Samantha. Okay, and that's the end of our Q&A. Samantha, thank you ever so much for answering all those questions. There was quite a lot there. Um, Delighted so many people sending questions. The great thing about Slido is if you don't want your uh, name or anything in it, the way we do it, uh, you can just leave the comment anonymously, which is what a good few people did there. Or you can always ask questions during the actual stream in the comment section on Facebook. Now, we're going to move on because we have the winner of our Halloween uh, fancy dress contest to announce here. We had, I'm going to share a little sl- few slides here. Uh, just a couple of the entrants that we actually got in. And so this one here is, uh, let Aww. me see, this is Belle, uh, Belle, Belle or Bella, I think it is. Uh, that was sent in us by Lorraine Royce. So thanks, Lorraine, for sending us in that. Uh, let me see where my, here we go. These, this is a account on Instagram, bit of Photoshop work went in here, guys. These guys are known as the Dog Vengers, so any Marvel fans there will appreciate that. <laughs> and let's see, uh, what who are we next? 
this is Teddy. Uh, Teddy really got into the Halloween spirit there with all the decorations. Uh, I think that's a spider collar that Teddy has on. But we're going to choose our winner, and we've already been in touch with the winner, and she's standing by. And Lisa Brennan with Sadie is our winner, who uh, dressed up as uh, Red Riding Hood and the dressed the uh, jog up as the big bad wolf uh, granny. And Lisa and Sadie join us now on the on the show here. Uh, Lisa and Sadie, welcome to the big back. Thanks very much. Hi, Dara. Hi, Samantha. How are you? Hi, Lisa. Congratulations. Hi, Sadie. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's never too far away. Lisa, I, I have to ask you, like, I saw the um the comments as well, or the, the posts that you had up on Instagram there, and I just have to, I have to call out the caption just because it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, let's see, so, no matter how stupid you feel, just remember Little Red Riding Hood couldn't figure out a talking wolf in drag wasn't her grandmother. It was impossible to keep a straight face for this, just because we're a doesn't mean we can't look the path for Lisa, that, that's just, that's fantastic, and like, yeah, like, <laughs> thanks I, I very much. There this morning, it was it was Jane there alerting me too. She follows you on Instagram. She does, and, yeah. And like, I just, I, I saw it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> man, that's just, that, that, that's. Oh, here, here. Good girl, Sadie. I, I think Sadie wants um wants to know what she's going to win. So basically, yeah. what we have here is we have. We'll be sending you out a package of two packs of the North Treats. Uh, Very nice. These ones here. There is a raw chicken with fruit and veg, and there is freeze-dried raw, sim, uh, raw salmon skin twirls, 100% natural, and we'll be sending That's from North Pet Foods, and we'll be sending you out 100 Muppets as well, courtesy of Muppets Ireland and Kiron Sheen. Oh, thanks very much, Sadie. I'd be delighted. <laughs> That's awesome. Well done. Well deserving. And listen, uh, Lisa, thanks again for joining us on the Big Bark. Before you go, I'm just going to ask you a small bit about like what's what's the bond like with you and Sadie like? Oh God, we're best friends. Um, she's never far from my side. Um, I found that especially now in quarantine, um, I'm sure a lot of people really value their dogs now um, with being stuck at home so much and not being able to visit people and see people. You can get quite lonely. So it is lovely to have a dog there and they're great company. And definitely during the quarantine, she's been the best companion. Do people talking to yourself, Lisa? Pardon? Do people accuse you of talking to yourself when you're talking to the dog? Um, I'd say they're used to it at this stage. (laughs) (laughs) The big thing about dog owners, we all chat away to our dogs and then we have company. You don't realize how much you're chatting to the dog. Yeah. (laughs) Same even when you're on the phone to people and you're talking to the dog at the same time. The person on the other end doesn't know if you're talking to them or Sadie. So. (laughs) Yeah, but to be socialized ourselves, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, like I, when I be walking Bruno and Millie here, like even I often take them down to UL below here in Limerick, and like I'd be, I'd be walking them away, and I'd just be have a full blown conversation with them. <laughs> and all these days, I'm actually <laughs> expecting them to actually talk back to me. Yeah. 
So it is, it's, it's, it's amazing how a dog becomes just such a big part of your life. Like they really are a member of the family. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And I, uh, Millie, who is just over here, uh, has made herself right at home on the chair there. Oh, hey, Millie. <laughs> Millie, uh, just take, she takes the house as hers. So, well, I, look, I suppose it, it probably is at this stage, right? But listen, Lisa, uh, congratulations again. I'll be in touch after Thanks the very much. And I'll get those out to you during the week. Great. Thanks very much. Thank right, you. Take care. Bye-bye. See you, Bye. Lisa. See you, Sadie. When you see someone sipping on a crisp, refreshing drink from McDonald's, you may suddenly crave one, too. <laughs> and that's normal. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. All your ice-cold go-to drinks are here whenever that mood hits. From classic Coca-Cola to a sparkling Sprite to a sweet, sweet tea. Get any size for just $1.39, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Wow, that was just, that was that was brilliant. Like, uh, such a great costume and like a great effort from, from the two of them together. Brilliant, yeah, and and Sadie looks like a very sweet dog to allow to, to be put and, on her. Obviously, a very good dog. And just touching on what uh, Lisa said there, like about how I suppose how not even reliant, how like um how close we be, everyone has become with our dogs, especially during lockdown. Mm. Like and now mm. that we're back in lockdown two point oh. Yeah, God, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know I was talking about kind of people over relying on their dogs. But I suppose this year, really, we, we've all really begun to appreciate exactly the role the dogs play in our lives, that they are a constant source of companionship. You know, it, it's lovely that they're there all the time, that even if you live alone and you have a dog, you don't feel like you live alone. Um, and then when you go out and you come back from the shops, they're there going crazy about you, you know, that they're, they're delighted to see you. You might only be gone for 20 minutes, but there's a big hoo-ha when you come back. Um, and no person gives you that kind of unconditional love, no matter how much you love them. I mean, if you go to the shops for 20 minutes, your your partner doesn't give you a big hug on your return. <laughs> but, a, but a dog certainly will. Um, and I suppose that's that's invaluable um, when when our lives are halted to the to the way they are at the minute. Um, I, th- I think I think dogs really, you know, that the. I suppose their therapy and mental health um, is really come to the fore and we, we really appreciate how important they are and also I, I saw a story the other day um on the english news about dogs uh being trained to possibly sniff out covid um detect you know medical detection dogs um and they're trialing those dogs now in the uk at the minute so that would be a huge help to to opening up the economy and and getting people traveling again if they could have um dogs that could sniff out covid in the airports Absolutely. And it's, you know, what? Like it, it just goes to show you the incredible range of talents that the dogs have. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge range of talent, but, you know, also talented skill in the trainers that train those dogs. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, the skill of the of the handler and the trainer is matched by the skill of the dog. And it's a very good handler and trainer that brings out those skills and qualities. So not everybody can can you know train a medical detection dog or a therapy dog or otherwise. Um, it's it's years of of learning and training and recognizing the abilities of a dog, but also the limitations of a dog. As I said earlier, not every dog is is up to the role that we want them to perform, and it's knowing how to to you know. I suppose 
recognize their qualities, but also recognize their limitations. Absolutely. So I'm going to move on and I'm actually going to have a look at the products. Uh, just give people a show of the products that I was uh, talking to there a few minutes ago about. The ones that we're going to send out there to, to Lisa and to Sadie. Well, obviously, uh, Sadie's going to be enjoying these. So these ones here are what are called uh, from a company called Norse Pet Foods. And they are, let me see if I get down to focus here. They are raw salmon skin twirls. Now, if you look at the bottom here, it is literally 100% uh, hand-rolled raw salmon skin twirls. And it's it's literally just 100% salmon. Now, Bruno and Millie are kind of asleep. I'm going to see if I get Millie over here. You're going to come over? Come here. Come on. Come on. No, Millie's not moving. Oh, well, Bruno is on the way here. So now that Bruno is here, I'm going to just move the camera to Bruno. And come here. Hey, Bruno. Sit. Sit. Good boy. And Bruno really likes these treats. Uh, he had a few earlier on. I'm going to have to, I suppose, give one over to Millie. She's not going to move here at all for me. Yeah, man. Come on. Come on. Nah. Well, she won't move. She just, it's like, just throw it to me. I'll catch him. Uh, they're really fond of these treats. Um, only got them during the weekend. I've been trying them for the last few days. And then you have the other ones, which are the uh, chicken, raw chicken with fruit and veg. So the fruit and veg in these are blueberries, carrots, garden peas, sweet potato, and kelp. And like even the smell of these, like there one, and Bruno has decided he wants one more as well. I'm going to try and see, can I show one on the actual camera here, just to show what these are like. Um, the guys are certainly even in North, as I said, these are very popular among uh trainers as well. Like, they're very they're a small, uh, small size, so they would be good for training treats. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, food is money, so the, the least pay, the better, exactly. Now, are you gonna come over? And I'm gonna see if Bruno will do And a... they're made in Ireland, are, are they? Where are they uh, made? They're made up to North, they're made up in Tyrone. All right, okay. So Bruno has sorry, he's giving me the paw. He's taking it whether I want it or not. So there you go, buddy. There you go. Goodbye. And I'm gonna see, can I get Millie? Here, Mel. Come on. Come on. You are not moving off that chair, are you? Oh god. Oh, there goes my remote control anyway. So they love those treats. Uh North also sent me down a couple a bits of dog food to try as well. So they sent me down uh they're the same company that own the churro. So let me just see. Can I put this up here? So that is these ones. You might have seen these in the lives. Oh, yeah. So these are really good. Really good quality meat in these. And mm -hmm. I did have one open. I do have one open. So I tried this this morning with the dogs. And like this was, like it's really like, you can see in it, it's like pretty good quality stuff. And mm. it's really good. They, he he wants that now. I think he wants his dinner, so I'll give him his dinner here in a few minutes. He's been a complete rogue here, and <laughs> yeah, Bruno, Bruno likes his Bruno likes his cuddles. And they also sent me down a bag of this grain-free uh, food as well. I had never tried this before. Very good, apparently, for dogs who have who are allergy sensitive or digestive sensitive. So that's one I'll be trying. Bruno used to get a bit kind of um, I suppose, sick with his dog food. Uh, but we changed up to dog food to a uh, different one there last there last year, and he hasn't really begun six and So we think it was the Very dog good. food. Yeah, he was. Have you ever there. tasted any of the foods yourself, Dara? 
Uh, I would be lying if I said I hadn't tried water treats after okay. a couple of cans of cider or something. So I, 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 I'd be lying about that. Uh, but uh, like Bruno's, Bruno has decided he just he's going to join in now, and he looks he does look a lot cute to me though. He looks a lot better, Gavin, to me. I so, think about it that I think about it that grain-free food with a bit of hot milk. Now I think you should taste that yourself and see what the story is. Oh, maybe a bit of Bailey's. That might that might work <laughs> a bit better. But okay, so uh, all these products, the tails were. I tried to get a video of them actually eating the products today, but every time I tried, Bruno kicked the camera out of the way. So he's not a big he's not a big camera dog, but nice. um, he's he's still adorable all the same, aren't you? You can wait for your dinner. I'll give it to you in a few minutes. But um, yeah, so that's basically the products are really good quality and are one hundred percent natural. So it's all natural ingredients going to them. So thanks again to the guys in North Pet Foods for sending those down and hoping to do a good bit more with them and might have a few competitions running over the next few weeks with them. Uh, we will have a competition run next week with Muppets Ireland. So I'll be giving more details on that during the week. But uh, now I want to kind of the last thing I want to talk about is I mentioned that at the top of the show, uh, our business showcase which is taking place at the end of november so the 29th of november now to give you more details about this guys the idea of this show is it will be an irish showcase so all irish owned pet producers so like uh, anyone producing toys producing treats producing accessories wearables like dog collars uh like bandanas anything along those lines it's all from irish companies the show will take place on the 29th of november we'll have more details coming on it later this week uh we have a number of different companies already signed on so that is that's pretty good to know we will also have a bit of entertainment live consider the canine equivalent of a certain rte tight show that takes place at that time of year what we're trying to do here is really support Irish businesses and try and help them. It's been a tough year for so many Irish businesses this year. And Samantha, I, I can assume like you, you know yourself like what 2020 has been like. It's been a very mm. tough year for all involved. And yeah, very like, tough, you know, yeah. We're not out of the woods yet, but the latest figures do show that the cases are dropping, which is good. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we might be able to enjoy a normal Christmas. But what I would like, there's a lot of like websites out there that are, I suppose, international, might be a bit cheaper. But what you'll be getting from these guys that will be on the show on the 29th of November will be really high quality Irish produced goods. So it's one of our core values here at the Big Back about uh, involving supporting Irish business. Yeah. They, there's a big shortage of toys dara you know i every time i'm in one of those big kind of um low-cost fashion retailers so I'm, I'm sure people will guess which one i'm which i'm when i mean and um, i always look at the dog toy section and the toys are are terrible there's yeah. a real gap in the market for for good interactive durable hard-wearing dog toys so if anybody out there is 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 thinking of something there's definitely um there's a space there for for good durable dog toys there is a British company that makes toys out of recycled T-shirts, um, and I'm sure I'm sure an Irish company could do exactly the same. We've we've lots of of uh, clothes going into to landfill and all the rest of it, so you could be doing 
you know, two things at once. You could be serving the dogs and also um, saving landfill and doing something for fast fashion. So, so there's definitely a gap there. Absolutely. And just to give a bit more detail on the show, the stream itself on the 29th will be free to all for watch for watching. There is no uh, fees for tickets or anything like that. I don't really believe in any of that. And I've always wanted to keep the show, I suppose, free as free as possible. It's free for people to participate in as well. So businesses that want to participate. I've lost my notes. I don't know where I've gone to. Um, they're here somewhere. Ah, yes. Here we go. So... This is what I wanted. You know, I'd, I'd lose my head if it wasn't screwed on. Uh, Bruno will probably bring it back to me. Right okay. So, to give the official rundown. So, Halloween is over. We're in the run-up to the Christmas season. And for the month of December, starting actually just on the 29th of November, the Big Bang is going to be going Christmas crazy. So, as I mentioned, it kicks off with a Christmas cracker showcase. We'll be meeting lots of Irish-owned businesses who produce and supply products for your pets, and we're not limited to, to just dogs. Anyone who provides pet products in Ireland, I know we're normally a canine podcast, but we want to actually be as inclusive as possible here in the run-up to Christmas. We'll also have lots of live music and lots of fun. Uh, we have a couple of bands and a couple of artists already signed on to do a bit of live music. Same format as this. It's all going to be virtual because of COVID-19. I would hope that next year, maybe, if that COVID-19 ever goes that way, uh, that we might be able to do something a bit more kind of interactive and like in an actual venue. Uh, we will have some products to test out in the run-up to this. So we will be looking for uh, dog owner volunteers to actually have their dogs test out these products. Uh, there will be some prizes raffled off on the show. And that would be to raise funds. We'll be doing a donation system for that and a ticket system, a raffle ticket system for that to raise funds for animal welfare in Ireland. So what we're establishing in the new year probably will be the Big Bark Animal Welfare Fund. So right. as part of our one of our core values, again, we want to be leaders in what we do, but we also want to give back to all the different animal charities around the country. Then on the 6th of December, we'll take a little break from everything kind of, I suppose, really festive. But it'll still be a Christmas team. We'll have Dr. Tim Kirby back uh, with us. Uh, Samantha, you were on with Tim there. Yeah, uh, t- yeah. T- Tim is doing great work with Pet Bond. Yeah, He t- really is. Um, Tim is, is making great strides. To chat about. And Tim did a similar show for us last year on this, how a pet is for life, not just for Christmas. And that's a very important message at this time of year. I'll be offering advice to those who do want to get a pet for Christmas, where to get the pet from, and what you need to know about the responsibility of owning a pet entails. On the 13th of December, this is a very exciting one for anyone who's a big Christmas person. And hopefully this year we could all do a bit here. We will have the big man in the red suit in the house on the 13th of December. Santa Paul himself will be here. And he will be reading out letters that have been sent in to us for what your dogs want for Christmas. We'll have opportunities in the coming weeks for to actually have a virtual call with Santa during the show. And he'll get to meet some of the actual dogs virtually to see if they've been a good dog or if they're on the naughty list for tearing up too much stuff. But as Samantha said, there's no naughty list, am I right? Absolutely, there's no naughty list. No, it's only the owners are naughty, never the dogs. 
and for the on the 20th of December we'll wrap things up for 2020 with some Christmas entertainment, some live music, and we'll be inviting back some of our favourite guests from the show. Samantha, I hope you'll be up for coming back on. Indeed, I will. Uh, December the 13th is my brother Timmy's birthday, so shout out to Tim. So yeah, we'll uh, right we'll certainly take part. Absolutely. So that's uh, the final show is on the 20th. So we'll be keeping all light and fluffy, just like uh, Millie's behind here. This dog sheds like no dog I've ever seen in my life before. But that's basically what's coming up for the month of December. Uh, then that's more or less it for this evening. This has been a pretty good show. Samantha, thank you ever so much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Dara. Thanks for the invitation. Always happy to chat. Brilliant. So, and thanks again to Lisa and Sadie for joining us and congratulations to them for that fantastic effort that they put in. And thanks to everyone who entered our competition as well for the fancy dress. So, that's it for today. Join us next week where we will be switching gears a bit and we'll be talking about canine injuries, physiotherapy and canine first aid. We'll have a new co-host. Uh, we have canine physiotherapist Karen Kendi on with us next week from me on the work. And we'll be chatting about why it's super important to know the different injuries that dogs can get. And Karen will be telling us what she does as a canine physiotherapist and how she treats different dogs' injuries. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. The audio for this will go out on tomorrow on iTunes and Spotify. And that way then you'll never miss one of our audio episodes. We are now on Patreon as well. So if you enjoyed the episode and if you want to get behind us a bit more, uh, head on over. I'll link the, I'll put the link up in a small bit on Facebook for And by becoming a patron of the show, 20% of your donation to the show will go into our animal welfare fund to be distributed amongst animal welfare charities throughout. Not many people who have Patreon accounts that are actually doing that, so it's something that we're glad to do and give back to the animal welfare community. Check us out on social media channels. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under the Big Bear Podcast, and you'll find all the links in the description uh, below uh, once the video finishes. So that's it from all of us here and from yourself, Samantha, as well. Have a back in my week, and we'll chat to you all next Sunday for our next episode. Thanks very much, and take care. The Big Bark, listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just 
$1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. 